1: Program guests and Craig Roberts not affiliated with Vitucci & Associates. Information provided for illustrative purposes only does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Information obtained from sources deemed reliable, but accuracy and completeness not guaranteed. Vattucci & Associates have no liability for information discussed. Consult with qualified investment, tax, or legal professional prior to taking action. Securities and advisory services offered through United Planners Financial Services. Member FINRA, SIPC, Vitucci and & Associates, and United Planners Financial Services are not affiliated.
2: Papaducci says Don't invest Welcome to Don't Invest and Forget, a weekly financial news magazine designed to educate and equip you with the roadmap and direction you need to manage your money. Meet your financial goals and instill confidence in your investment choices on the road to retirement. Your host is author, radio commentator, and investment advisor, Pat Fattucci of Vitucci & Associates. With over 30 years' experience in the world of finance and investment planning, Pat specializes in personal and corporate investment management, with special emphasis on retirement planning.
3: Welcome to another edition of Don't Invest and Forget, the program that each and every week helps you keep your finger on the pulse of your money from Wall Street to Main Street to your wallet. Our host, 30-plus-year financial manager author and the principal of Vitucci and Associates, Pat Vitucci. As we've seen this enormous volatility on Wall Street over the last several weeks, no doubt it has you like many of us asking the question that seems to be just out of our reach and that is when the stock market is down and it seems to be hammering a 401k, is it a time for us to panic? Well, let's get some perspective now from thirty plus year retirement planning specialist and money manager Pat Vitucci. And Pat we've talked so often about the sense of the roller coaster ride on Wall Street, which has been giving a lot of retirees a major headache. And I guess the closer you are to that date, the more concerned you are. But the big perspective in terms of when the market tanks are four hundred one K, is it really a time to panic? Or is a lot of that based on our appetite for risk and our timeline toward retirement?
4: Yeah, your 401k, your four hundred three b 457, IRA, SEP, all those gobbledygook that the government has done a great job of confusing, it all equates to a pre-tax deposit. So if you're working for a company of any sorts and they've got a plan of some sort, it's going to have one of those numbers and letters tagged to it. But the bottom line is, it is in some way, shape, or form a reflection of what's going on in the financial world. And sadly, now is a time when a lot of people look at what their allocations are. Typically, these plans have 10, 20, 30 choices in their menu of choices, and they range from stock kind of funds or bond kind of funds or real estate or mortgages or real estate funds. And so it gets people's attention, sadly, when it should have been attended to perhaps when markets were in a more calm state. So if you have any kind of allocation in stock markets, whether it's small cap, mid cap, large cap, emerging markets, global markets, sometimes they're called retirement-dated funds. You're going to retire three years from now, so you'll be in a 2023 fund, or 10 years from now, you'll be in a 2030 fund. They all have some degree of exposure to the stock market, and it will reflect in the current market value. And so you should probably take out your statements and take a look at what your exposure is. And by the way, if you're not in much stock markets, maybe now this is a good time to buy in from those fixed income areas like bonds, utilities, mortgages. Maybe you have a money market account. Take those statements out, take those menu of choices available, call our offices. We'd be glad to review with you some choices. We'll ask you a lot of nosy questions like, when are you gonna retire? How many years from now? Or how many months from now? And what's called active asset allocation. It's a whole collection of very fancy words, which basically says, I'm gonna move my money to different segments and rotate in and out of a sector based on the favorability of being in that sector for the next 30, 60, 90, 120 days. And we're really talking about a very scientific term called dollar cost averaging. We're dripping into one area of the economy and taking out of another area of an economy, another segment of the economy. So it's a pretty easy idea. When you're making your deposits every payroll period, you're kind of dollar cost averaging into the market. When you retire, you're in the distribution phase of your life. You're dollar cost averaging out of those funds. And so what those funds are comprised of is really an interesting time for you to examine and do some introspection so that you can perhaps be in a better position when this market recovers. It will recover. We have no idea when. It could be next week. It could be three months from now. It could be a year from now. But depending upon your utility of the money, when are you going to use the money would kind of drive the real asset allocation mix that you have in your plan at work or your plan at school?
3: One of the issues here, Pat, certainly is as we are keeping up with the headline news, we're looking at the numbers on the coronavirus go up, the numbers on Wall Street, certainly different recently, but for the most part, the numbers on Wall Street going down, this sense of falling markets and doomsday headlines has prompted a lot of folks to fall into a cycle of not only repeatedly checking on their balance day by day, but then too, I heard somebody the other day said, that's it, I'm done with this, I can't handle this, I am going to call the um, personnel office and tell them to stop my contribution to the 401k. I've only got 15 years before retirement, and I'm watching this. It's making me nervous, and I'm fearful that my dreams of heading off to Bali for retirement are going to be completely ruined. Is there a fundamental flaw in that kind of panic reaction and to all of a sudden stop contributing to a retirement as if somehow the rest of the world has stopped.
4: Yeah, fear and greed, two emotions that we wrangle with as human beings, give us some really bad decision-making processes. And, and that's the, the kind of first knee-jerk reaction. I put $100 in my fund last month, and it's now worth $75. And, you know, what's wrong with, with this picture? Well, you just bought in a share price that's down 25%. It's like walking into a store and tuna fish is on sale and you refuse to buy it because you'd rather wait till it goes on regular price. So there's a Macy's White Flower Day sale on Wall Street if you've got, especially in your example, 10 or 15 years, not guaranteeing anything by far. But we know in the long run, markets tend to go up. And so now's the time to double down. Don't put $100 a month in. Put $200 a month in because it's going to benefit you in the long run. Certainly, if you're going to retire next month or next quarter, it's a different answer. But certainly overreacting to a down market and like we've had in the last month or so is, is letting your emotions make decisions instead of the, instead of being pragmatic about making those decisions. And I, I, I think watching this COVID-19 issue, I think the one thing to really track is, the number of new cases being reported. And when the number of new cases being reported starts to decline, I think there's a correlation, Craig, of how the negative number of cases in COVID-19 being reported will correlate fairly directly with where the financial markets go. I think as confidence rises, we're turning the corner on getting our arms wrapped around this COVID-19. I think confidence will return. Traders will start buying and I think that spells clearly a buying time. Again, it's different for each of us. We all have a different appetite for risk, intestinal fortitude that we feel or that stomach ache you get when you look at your current market value. You know, keep that under under control and not overreact to that indigestion. So there's a certain factor of that issue we've got to we've got to wrangle
3: with Craig. And certainly, Pat, for investors right now, unlike the last time we went through economic turmoil with the derivatives and the downcline of 2008-2009, where singularly our focus was on the numbers in relationship to the health of the economy, be it the unemployment numbers or what's going on on Wall Street or the cost of housing or whatever. Today, there's a companion number that we're very uncomfortable and unfamiliar with, and that is the number related to COVID-19 cases. Toward that end, as we're trying to kind of calculate and figure out how one number impacts the other, is this a critical juncture then for people to really think about asset allocation and diversification as it relates to getting a better night's sleep? Greg, we've been saying
4: for 25 years, don't invest and forget. And this is one of those critical periods. It's absolutely essential. You pay attention Wake up and smell the coffee. It's time to put everything else aside and really look at your asset allocation mix. Pay attention. We've got a whole team of certified financial planners that can help you get through this mission, understand some of the nuances of what you're doing today may need to be radically different than where you should be for the next quarter or two. It's important you really pay attention. We're going to want to retire someday. Maybe your health allow us to work any longer. Maybe we'll get downsized from your current position. And it really is dependent on us to have a decent amount of money to live on in the lifestyle we've grown accustomed. So really important to pay attention.
3: And a lot of us, I think, 11 years ago, might have erroneously from the headline news drawn the conclusion that the world as we knew it was coming to an end. And yet on the heels of that, we've enjoyed an unprecedented 11-year bull run. So maybe the most solid advice is before you start to worry about what's happening to your 401k, take a deep breath. Remember that the stock market is what fuels your retirement account and that over the long haul, things will be better. Now, if you feel a bit uncomfortable, you have not visited your choices in some time and you're wondering whether or not the recovery for you will be different from others, why not take advantage of that complimentary financial health and retirement plan review? It's available easily by calling toll-free 888-PLAN-WISE, that's 888 A N W I S E, or visiting dontinvestandforget.com. Remember, during this time, those appointments can easily be made online or be made over the telephone, and the internet is a great thing and a wonderful convenience. So take advantage of that opportunity to have a second pair of eyes on your retirement choices to help give you some insight. Make sure you stay on track for retirement. Again, to schedule your appointment, just go to dontinvestandforget.com. And schedule it online again at don'tinvestandforget.com or call 888-PLANWISE, 888-PLANWISE. Says, Don't Invest and or call toll free triple eight Planwise eight 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 P L A N W I S E.
2: says, Don't Invest and forget. Invest and forget.
3: You probably recall, as a young person, the joy of the honeymoon experience and heading off to uh, maybe a special vacation land or somewhere to uh, celebrate your marriage. It's a special time. It's a getting to know you time. And couples that have been married for many, many years, it might seem like it's far, far off in the distance. But there's certainly much to be said about that so-called honeymoon phase. And yet after a while reality sets in and you have to get into the the day-to-day fluctuations of life and going to work and raising children and paying the bills. And after a while, some of the shine from the honeymoon begins to tarnish. Is that also true when it comes to retirement? Pat patucci has got some answers on that. And Pat, I guess everybody that starts to approach retirement age, they can see the finish line within their sights, begins to get excited. Wow, I'm not going to have to deal with a boss anymore or the commute. I get to get up in the morning, do exactly what I want to do, travel, fulfill all those dreams that have been on hold during all of my working years. And then once you reach retirement, doesn't take very long for some folks to find that shine quickly tarnishes too. It's probably the
5: most misunderstood phase of life. We all have a vision. We all have a dream. It's always interesting to me, having been a financial advisor to future retirees for 30 plus years, how significantly different people react to this new phase in life. It is entirely different. Think about it. We've been trained since kindergarten, Craig. We get up, we get dressed, we have our breakfast. We go to school, we go to work, we come home, we eat, we go to bed. Retirement breaks this entire routine completely. Reacting to that significantly different structure of the day is difficult for many people. Something like 69% of retirees have a lot of difficulty with this newfound freedom to do what you want to do. If you want to stay up till three in the morning and watch reruns of Seinfeld, go for it. You want to sleep until noon and start out with steak and eggs at noon. All the rules are off. And to some people, that lack of structure is quite upsetting. A lot of people struggle with not having a routine. And so it's interesting to me. I always talk with retirees when they're about to retire, you know, next Friday is my last day. And then we meet three or six months later It's my observation that some really do it well. They really have all of these plans. They're going to volunteer. They're going to spend time with their grandchildren. They're going to travel. That honeymoon phase is kind of an interesting period that people react to very differently. Fifty percent of folks in that honeymoon period really look at the money issue because, you know, we all want to do lots of things, but it's all predicated on what our bank account can support. And so we want to go to Europe. We want to go to Hawaii. We want to, we want to buy cars. We want to do whatever that costs money. How do you support that financially and have the sustainability to last for a lifetime? Now, if you've had a stay-at-home husband or wife and your spouse retires, I've got this texting who's been a stay-at-home mom and she's supported her four children and they've got a beautiful, beautiful marriage. And in her Texas drawl, she says, honey, I got twice the husband and half the space because now he's in my office now. And he's alphabetizing the herb jars. And, you know, he's cleaned the garage three times in, in the last month. And so he's kind of climbing the walls and he's in her space all day long. And so she doesn't find his retirement very enjoyable. The financial certainly is an issue. Your cognitive skills. What, what about your physical body? Are, are you going to create a routine that gives you the exercise? And how about the social aspects? I have tennis friends who say they're retired. Nobody emails them anymore. Nobody texts them. He doesn't get voicemails. He kind of fell off the grid. He's off the grid. <laughs> and he's like in the woods. Nobody interacts with him anymore. So it's really up to you to initiate that and not wait for... A retirement life to build around you. You've got to be the engineer to make that happen. Mentoring with programs or with other like groups is always encouraged and creating those new routines, whether it's volunteering, learning a new skill set, working part time, taking some classes. A retirement mentor is certainly something that we would encourage because you want this to be a fun time of your life. And as long as you're healthy, you don't want to be bored or lonely. That's not what it's like. But in many cases, retirement does end up being lonely and you've got so much time on your hands, you get bored. Certainly monitoring your financial life is important. You don't want to go absolutely wild in the first year or two of your retirement in this honeymoon phase and start spending like there's no tomorrow. I'm always intrigued by people say, well, my mom lived to 85 and my dad lived to 84. And so I'm going to die at that age. Or they say mom lived to be a hundred and dad lived to be 98. So I I've got those 70, I've got 30 more years to go. Only 50% of your longevity is predicated based on studies. I've read is based on your genes. The other 50% is based on your diet, your lifestyle, know, more what you've done with your life than what mom and dad did with their life. So it's always interesting when people say very emphatically, well, dad lived to be 100, so I've got 30 more years. I'm only 70, so here's my program. Or conversely, the longevity of my family is very short, so I- I'm going to burn through my money, my money quicker. And I said, well, what if you live 10 or 20 years past those? Now? Well, no, that's not going to happen. So the concreteness of people's ideas of their day of death is always been interesting to me, and it's almost always wrong. And so you've got to be careful what I wish for. It's really about staying involved, staying connected in some way, shape, or form, understanding your new role. And by the way, 50% of people are still committed to supporting children to the tune of, on average, $6,800 a year. are still committed to financially committed to helping mom and dad because mom and dad are living a whole lot longer than they thought and they've run out of money. So we've got those two things tugging at that limited retirement base of money, that chunk of money. We got kids draining it from one end, mom and dad draining it from the other end. That leakage, if you will, will curtail your ability to have that sustainability for you and spouse
3: if you were married. Craig Roberts, along with our host, Pat Vitucci, here on this edition of Don't Invest and Forget, discussing the honeymoon phases of retirement. Just before the break, Pat, you were discussing some of the downward pressure, some of the things that can drain resources off as a newly retired couple is excited about taking the trips, spending time with the grandkids, traveling, working on the projects perhaps that you've always thought of doing but never had time for. Now you've got time and you think there's seemingly an endless pile of money there. And just prior to the break, Pat, you were mentioning about, again, some of these drains on those retirement resources that can be a big mistake early on, whether you're trying to maybe shell out some cash to help a child that um, maybe just gone through divorce and needs some resources, or maybe you still have older parents alive and they've outlasted their retirement dollars and now they're struggling to make ends meet. So you're kind of helping on both ends, virtually stuck in the middle. And in doing so watching your own retirement dreams slowly drain away. Pick up if you would, with your thoughts. I have seen abuses on both ends, but
5: more for supporting children, adult children, who they don't know how to let go and and they don't know how to have that tough love and say, look, Johnny, you're 35 years old and I can't keep paying for your cell phone or I can't keep paying your car payment. And they tell, well, but he won't have a car if I don't pay his. I said, well, that's the conditions. That's the repercussions of that 35 year old not preparing and you're enabling that child, quote unquote child, 35 year old child to depend on mom and dad. And meanwhile, it's draining your retirement monies. So I rarely win those arguments and I don't want to become a scolding kind of financial advisor. That's not my role. I'm not an expert in parenting. That's for darn sure. But I have to just look at the ramifications of their actions and how they are draining their retirement. It's my job to responsibly tell them that, the sustainability of their money and they're eating into their principal at their young ages of late sixties, early seventies is not going to work out. And I don't want you living under a bridge when you're 80 years old and you still have a lot of vitality. So it's never a fun session, but I've got to document that at least I advise them that the rate they're going, they're not going to be in a healthy position financially in the not too distant future. That's, Never a comfortable discussion, but I can't paint pretty picture and ask them to put their rose-colored glasses on if the reality of it is they're heading down a road to a very disastrous result. So it's always an interesting confluence of parenting for many years, taking care of aging parents, going through that honeymoon phase of, yay, we're, we have the freedom to do what we want to do, and, and they're sitting around. It's 8.30. They've had their coffee and they're looking at each other and say, okay, what do you want to do today, honey? And they're kind of challenged by how to fill up all this empty time, empty space. And and then the other hand, you get people who say, I have no idea how I had time to work. I'm so busy. I volunteer here and I do this on Tuesday and that on Thursday. And, and Saturday morning, I watch my kids play soccer and my grandkids play soccer. So it's always interesting to have a, a whole diverse view of this newfound freedom that Some people adjust to beautifully and some people really struggle with the disappointing expectation of what retirement is all about. Again, it's a beautiful thing for for some people, but not for others.
3: Pat, there's got to be a large element here of fear, too. And I say that in the sense that trying to determine longevity, as you alluded to a moment ago, a lot of people say, well, mom and dad lived at this age and therefore, well, you might end up exceeding that age by 10 years, 20 years. Who's to say? And so. Suddenly, then, looking at retirement in the next 10, 20, 30 years, whatever they may be, and trying to answer the question that nobody really has the solid answer to, and that is, what will my longevity look like? What will my health look like? And will my money carry me through? And I guess there's two fears, either on one end. Spending too much at the beginning so that you don't have enough toward the end or being so conservative at the beginning that you never really have a chance to enjoy retirement and suddenly you reach the end of life. I guess it's not a bad thing to leave a huge nest egg behind to your heirs, but at the same token, you might wonder, gee, mom and dad sacrificed all the years that they were working. They sacrificed all the years that they were retired and never really had a chance to enjoy it. There's that deft touch, I guess of having the advice of a professional financial individual that can help you kind of very carefully monitor through all of these phases.
5: You really hit on on a really good point. Uh, There are hoarders and there are spenders, and and, and then there's the few people in the middle. Depression babies uh, went through the depression. It stained them, and it gave them the frugality throughout their entire life. Fear of spending and fear of running out of money is at the heart and soul of how they wake up every morning. Then you get the other extreme and they're they're blowing through all all their money way too early thinking that Santa Claus will come in the end and redeposit chunks of money. And so, and by the way, there's that, what I call echo depression babies. Those of us who are children of depression, children grew up in a household where, I could hear my mom and dad, you know, we don't work for a pg e Turn off the lights and turn the heat down and all those frugal things you do. So those of us who grew up as echo depression babies, living in environments uh, that were, my mom talked about getting an orange for Christmas and they were thrilled. Imagine giving your child an orange for Christmas on Christmas morning now. It, they would throw it at you, I think. And uh, But my point is, relationship with money in retirement really becomes a floodlight on how we interact with money and if it's a healthy relationship or not. And so it's an interesting observation for me to watch in our, my interviews with my clients transitioning through that retirement phase, entering the honeymoon phase, and how they begin to enjoy the fruits of their labor. It is a wonderful time. I don't want to sound depressing here, but it's a wonderful time to enjoy the company of people you love and the passions that you've you've enjoyed for the years, and and having the freedom to exercise that time and energy and put it to really good productive use.
3: So, at the end of the day, the big question for many of us is: when we reach retirement, will it meet all of our expectations? Will it exceed our expectations, or will we be sadly disappointed? This becomes a very critical time when it comes to appropriate money management, not just saving up enough money to get to retirement, but then to work your way through retirement. If you've been going at it alone and you're a little uncertain as to some of the decisions you've made or like to get a better handle on exactly where your financial footing is today as you look toward or through retirement, why don't you take advantage of the complimentary financial health and retirement plan review offered by Cattucci and Associates. With offices throughout the San Francisco Bay Area, there's never any cost or obligation. And to schedule your personal one-on-one appointment, well, it's easy. Simply go to dontinvestandforget.com and sign up. That's dontinvestandforget.com and look for the icon that says make an appointment. Again, no cost or obligation. Go to don't invest and forget dot com, or if you prefer, you can call toll free triple eight plan wise. That's eight 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 P L A N W I S E. Certainly, at the end of the day, no one has a crystal ball to know exactly what's going to happen in the retirement years. But making sure that you have a plan A, a plan B in place to be ready for the unexpected can take an awful lot of pressure off. Schedule that complimentary financial health and retirement plan review today. Go to Don'tInvestAndForget.com or call toll-free 888-PLANWISE, 888-PLANWISE. Pat Patucci
2: says, Don't invest and forget. Invest and forget. Invest and forget.
3: Pat, in the waning moments of our program, perhaps you can talk a bit about the challenges often women face when it comes to retirement planning. Craig, it is a
5: whole different collection of thought processes when you're doing some retirement planning specifically for women. But yeah, there is a gender difference. Let's not make a light of that. First of all, on the average, they're going to live a couple years longer at 86.5 years instead of 84. So listen to this one, 33% of retiree women will make it past the age of 90 and those who were fortunate to make it to a hundred women outnumber men nine to one. As a man, I don't like those odds. That doesn't feel good. But women obviously have better longevity and, and all the other issues significantly better than men, particularly in those last decade or so. Also, women are more likely to live with a disability at older age and experience a higher rate of physical decline and can take longer to recover. So not that they're dancing or jogging at the age of 90, but their abilities to sustain Some of those disabilities are obviously stronger than men. Here's the problem. Women experience lower lifetime earnings than men. That probably won't be true 50 years from now. We know women were discriminated against and consequently their social security checks are smaller. They took time out to have children. Sometimes they never went back to work back in the olden days, right? The whole Ozzie and Harriet picture was not a fabrication of American life. That was a pretty good, a replication of American life. Mom stayed home and cooked and dad walked in the door and dinner was ready. And they all sat down to dinner at the same time. They didn't have iPads, iPods or Or phones that were all sitting around the table. You look, I go to a restaurant now and there's a family of four or five and they're all looking at their phones and they're all playing games on their iPads. And they talked about their day. They talked about the challenges and the opportunities and frustrations of their day. How odd is that looking back? And then how about the man who elects the full pension option and when he passes on, his wife ends up with zero. We've had several calls over the years with teary-eyed gals who miscalculated and made a bad decision to take that big monthly check with the assumption that dad's gonna be around forever or vice versa. If the woman had a big pension and she opted for the big monthly pension number and sadly, she prematurely died before the husband. So it's all about sustainability of income when the first spouse passes on. I would encourage every listener, to this broadcast today to look at their income stream and assume the higher paid spouse is no longer with you tomorrow. What happens to your lifestyle? Can you live in the lifestyle you've grown accustomed with the major breadwinner now no longer with us? Big, big epiphany for many people when you look at life that way. And we know men don't live as long as women. And sometimes women die first, certainly. So what happens when the first spouse dies? Is there that sustainability of income? Or do you end up living in your child's fourth bedroom because maintaining your own home with all the commensurate expenses becomes too burdensome and the numbers just don't crunch? So longevity, disability probability, lifetime earnings, what does that do for you? If you're gonna be solo for the last decade or so of your life, What does that do to their priority of covering expenses commensurate with your lifestyle? Will it change radically or can life go on in an uninterrupted way? Any questions along those lines? If you'd like to kind of have us look at the income by gender, if you will, and understand what the ramifications are if mama dies or papa dies first, what does that do for the surviving spouse? Go to our website. Don't invest and forget.com. That's don't invest and forget.com. You've
2: been listening to Don't Invest and Forget with author and investment advisor, Pat Fatucci. To gain more information about any of the topics discussed on today's program, or to schedule your appointment for a no obligation financial plan tune up in one of the area offices of Fatucci and Associates near you, go to don'tinvestandforget.com. That's don'tinvestandforget.com. Or call toll-free Triple Eight Plan Wise. That's Triple Eight P-L-A-N-W-I-S-C. Or visit do
1: Program guests and Craig Roberts not affiliated with Vitucci & Associates. Information provided for illustrative purposes only does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Information obtained from sources deemed reliable, but accuracy and completeness not guaranteed. Vitucci & Associates have no liability for information discussed. Consult with qualified investment, tax, or legal professional prior to taking action. Securities and advisory services offered through United Planners Financial Services. Member FINRA, SIPC, Vitucci Associates, and United Planners Financial Services are not affiliated.